This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Hey everyone, this is Zach Inevich, Assistant Business Manager of IBW Local 98 North, with your home run tip from your hometown team. For your next construction project in the suburbs, trust your electrical needs to the highly trained, masterfully skilled electricians of IBW Local 98 North. Knock your next electrical project out of the park. Call Local 98 North today at 610-489-3800 or visit us at IBW98.org. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia, The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc, Krause, and John Doherty. One hour earlier on a Saturday night, this is the John Doherty Hour as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We're on an hour early because we lead you right in to Penn State football coming up and get kicking off here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT uh, at 7 p.m. But this is the John Doherty Hour. Great show lined up. We're going to tackle and talk in great detail, John, about GoPuff. Uh, in the opening half hour of the show. But before we get into that conversation, I welcome you in live here on a Saturday night. What's up, Krause? How's everything, right? Yeah, all good, man. Tough loss for the prep this afternoon. Good football game. Boy, that might be one of the best rivalries in the country, man. (laughs) Yeah, let me tell you, you know, there's a reason why LaSalle was ranked number one and the prep was number two. You know, LaSalle has a loaded team and, you know, I'm a diehard prepper and, it's, you know, I bet if they play ten times, the club would win seven. You know, but and they might see each other in a state championship or, or something equivalent before the end of the year, too. You know. Yep, no doubt about that. LaSalle, by the way, in case you're interested, wins that game by a touchdown today, 28-21. John, you know, uh, we've talked and we've mentioned uh, and we've referenced the GoPuff conversation. In just a moment, we're going to uh, be joined by Ronald Moody. Um, who is a GoPuff driver. He's also uh, locally an activist and organizer affiliated with Working Washington. We'll bring Ronald in in just a moment. Uh, but let's start there. Let uh, You know, you set the table. We've had many conversations on the John Doherty Hour about GoPuff. Let's pick it up there. Yeah, this is real interesting. and I'm, I, I can't wait to talk to Ronald because he's an activist. Okay, and I want to ask them. They were promised twelve bucks an hour. Then they got slashed to seven dollars and seventy-five cents an hour with no advance notice. Okay, then when they contested it, they said, "Well, it was only a temporary twelve dollars an hour because we were busy." Okay, then they get no reimbursement. They use their own car, so they pay for the gas. Okay, the mileage on the car, the wear and tear, the maintenance, the insurance, they must be responsible for all that. And then only get paid $7 an hour, even 12 is a disgrace. But think of that. You got billionaires, okay, on Spring Garden Street that went to Drexel, basically asking people to work for free, or in some cases lose money and make them more billionaires. 
I mean, listen, this is one of the most egregious things I've heard, you know, from a labor perspective, you know, since we had the show. Yeah, no, you no, have no. billionaires that grew up in Philly that have a big place on Spring Garden Street that are looking to build some big place in Ardmore. Okay, and they're now asking the people, okay, and a lot of them, you know, are not even making, okay, a comfortable living working for them, but in some cases losing them, losing their money. And, and, and again, you know, people are looking for a job, and again, the problem we have here is that there are some other opportunities out here, and we just got to organize some of these guys and let them know. If they, you know, one, I think, you know, if, if these guys aren't going to go after goats, we are. I've said that on this record, you know, more than once. And now I know there's a series of activists like Ronald that are leading the way to make sure that these guys get organized and whatever we can do to help them. Because this isn't, this just isn't fair. It's not right. It's not American. It's not anything. I mean, it's just, it's, it's against everything we stand for as a labor, you know, union and a labor town. So, you know, I, you know, I just think we should bring Ronald in, let him talk about it. But, you know, 775 and you're responsible for everything. God forbid. That sounds like, that sounds like slavery. Let's bring Ronald Moody into the conversation and welcome into the John Doherty Hour. Uh, again, Ronald, uh, Moody is a <laughs> Philadelphia-based GoPuff driver. Ronald, uh, welcome into the yeah. John Doherty Hour, and thanks so much for coming on uh, and talking with us to kick off uh, the John Doherty Hour. Uh, and as you heard John uh, outline some of those details, pick up the story there, um, and let's get your initial thoughts. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, that price that we paid per hour, um, it does vary by location uh, within the city as well as around the country. But that's what our charge, that's what I've been notified that that's what we're going to get paid. Um, again, our notice was five days. We, we, we got an email on Wednesday and it, it became effective on Monday of this year, this week, this past week. Um, it, it's, it's been frustrating at the very least, uh, if not, um, an annoying to, to put it mildly, uh, to commit yourself to do a good job for a place that has consistently cut corners at our expense, not only in terms of what you pay us or don't pay us, but the policies that you implement that have an impact on our adverse impact on our bottom line as well. And, you know, that's where I kind of like became more of an activist <laughs> instead of just a, uh, you know, committed worker. Hey, Ronald, let me jump in. Let me tell you, the drivers are the public face of the company. You know that. And it's so obvious that you're an articulate gentleman who probably has done Go Puffs a tremendous favor when people see you or converse with you, they're saying, wow, man, they, this is what Go Puff is. Then behind the scenes, okay, the fact that someone like you, okay, who does a wonderful job representing them, okay, is being asked to take, you know, a 40% pay cut without any reasoning. And almost on any given night, you know, working for free. Uh, absolutely. I, I've ended up. I, I used to be a consistent 40-plus hour a week driver, um, 
exceeding the max, which is 120 bags per week. I would typically do that consistently uh, for several months until the last few months. It became apparent to me that there was no incentive to continue doing that when my uh, salary and what I earned, no matter what those hours were, would would uh, change between 800 and 500 dollars in a week same hours same performance different pay like how is that possible unbelievable unbelievable and and i i tell everybody you know if they can find a different avenue to get their food please do but if they're still if they're still participating with gopuff Okay, and you're listening to this call, and you call them because you're accustomed to calling them, and it's 1 o'clock in the morning, and you're looking for either another beer or a sandwich or something. When these guys show up, make sure you hit them with a 20, okay? There's no doubt in my mind that you have been part of their success because you're more the norm than not. You, like Every time I hear about you or I listen to you tonight, I'm wondering why you're not management or something like that. You know the issues inside and out. You know that you're being abused. You're an articulate, okay, gentleman, and a gentleman is the key word. You know, I just don't understand how GoPuff can have people like yourself and not reward them, actually punish them. It's ridiculous. I, I, I'm dumbfounded. You know, that's why I think that, you know, the AFL-CIO, you know, we at the electricians, because it's been consistent what they did to us at the building trades. You know, they gave us a commitment. You know, some of their representatives gave us a commitment. And then all of a sudden, you know, with paper on a window, they decided to build a place. Mm-hmm. You know, but I guess I guess $15 billion company isn't enough, huh? You can't, you know, it, it's, it's good for me. You know, I need to have 12 houses. You can't have one. Yeah, it, it's, it's become quite frustrating to, you know, these changes. I, I mean... Uh, Part of what helped me try to become more in, in, involved was to just let drivers understand what their costs are, what their expenses are, and what they really bring to bear. It, it's different. You know, we, we've been kind of brought up to kind of get a job, work in a company, the company takes care of you. Um, but this is different for drivers. I mean, we're using our stuff to help them make money. We don't get to pick the customers. We don't get to pick where we deliver to. We don't get to pick when we deliver. You know, if we're there, they they assign us the bags, and we have to deliver them. No matter whether there's a shooting down the block, somebody decides to pull out a gun, we don't have any control over any of those things. And what really started to bug me was the fact that even if I got hurt on the job or my car broke down, there's no mechanism for them to help me out. I'm just stuck. They'll send somebody else with the bags, but, you know, I'm just, you know, not compensated, and I, I can't earn any money. I'm talking with Ronald Moody, who's joining us here on the John Doherty Hour. And, John, you know, I sit and I listen uh, to you, and I listen to Ronald, and I try and <clears throat> process how this occurs, how – Ronald and other fellow workers go back to work despite the circumstance, and then I try and understand what can be done. You, you, you know, and, and it really, to me, is an example, you know, of why 
every worker in America should belong to a union. Yeah, if well, I could add to that, the, the part of the problem for us is they don't talk to us. <laughs> it's like, and we don't have any forum except what they'll do is they'll send out a survey monkey, but you just ask questions that you want to get answers to. It's not like you're coming to us with here's some potential issues and here's we would like your input on what the solutions ought to be. It's not like we have a way to, to have a dialogue. And I think that's what the biggest thing that most drivers would like to have. There's no mechanism for us to give them feedback on different issues, different things that we observe, and have a dialogue. Because if you're going to make a decision to say, we're going to pay you seven seventy five versus $12, when most drivers aren't making it on $12, you clearly had some mechanism that you'd use to make that decision. And I've said to them on several occasions that if you're going to make decisions, whether it's a new product line or a new initiative, if you're not following through to every part of your organization that has an impact on that decision or is affected by it, you're missing something. And we drivers are the ones who are the face of that company to that customer. They have an application that you can go online and pick whatever you want. When you go and order through a system and then the, uh, the OAs, they, they pick the items that you want, but then we are the ones who have to fulfill it. If a customer does not see that bag hanging on their door with a call or a knock or a text message, it's not real to them. And if you're not communicating with your drivers, who are the ones who are the face of your company to that customer, how do you know what's, what's really working for you? And there's no mechanism for us to have a dialogue with them for that purpose. Well, Krause mentioned the word union earlier. And what you just described is what unions do. This isn't some antiquated labor movement, you know, where, where people think that, you know, you show up with a baseball hat on backwards, the daily news rolled up in your pocket, and, and you're, you're smoking a cigar and you're spitting and cursing at someone. This is a very sophisticated union that knows how to invest in companies, okay, knows how to vote proxy votes, knows how to, you know, be involved in the legislative process so that the pros and cons of a company as they try to move into a neighborhood, okay, there's a tremendous amount of opportunities to straighten out things if you understand the law. And it's obvious you do, and you're spending an awful lot of time. It's also obvious you could go work anywhere you want it, but you're staying here because you started this, and you want to make sure that everybody gets treated fairly. But unions have the NORB. There's a lot of things. And since you had a new president, the NORB has become way more worker-friendly. Okay? And even that, even having your people unite in one voice. In fact, when you started to do that, look, you had a portal that they cut off you, right? You know, I mean, it was a communication piece. You know, yeah, that that communication piece, by the way, and I, and I talked to the driver support for folks about it, is that that they did that in, in, in an effort, I think, to stop us from having a way to communicate with each other and with them. And I said to them that purpose served more than it served more than one purpose. That was a safety mechanism for every driver who's out there. Like if, if I break down. I can go onto that chat line and somebody could come help me. But now there's no mechanism for that. If And we have female drivers, some of whom drive at night, the late shifts or whatever. We, we have no way to let them know what's going on with them. 
for them to let us know what's going on, going on with them. Uh, so they, they took that line out. It's like it was a two-way street. And only that was the, the reason why we had it. Some people vented on that, that system. It's like people use that to vent because you don't have any other forum for them to be able to do that. Ronald Moody joining yeah. us here on the John Doherty Hour. We're going to take our first commercial break. We'll pick it up with Ron on the other side and go to the bottom of the hour. This is the John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW 1776, and Sheet Metal Workers Local 19. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. Back here live on the John Doherty Hour. We're live an hour earlier uh, than we normally come on here on a Saturday night, leading you right into Penn State football on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. John, I'm going to come uh, back to you. We are in the middle uh, of, a, uh, of a conversation uh, with Ronald Moody. I do want to talk about uh, a letter that was put out. Go Puff Drivers, take action. We're worth more than a $3 bag of snacks. There's so much to the story that we're not that we we're not telling um, tonight just because we don't have time to get through all of it. But I sit here, John Doherty, um, you know, totally blown away by what's the reality of working for GoPuff and trying to make sense out of what can be done. How can we get workers that are like Ronald and his colleagues that are going to work every day for this billion-dollar company, and the company, by the way, is valued at $8.9 billion. How can we get those workers organized and get it to a point where we get to a finish line and those workers can become unionized and enjoy the protection that unions provide? Well, number one, okay, there's no pride in authorship here. So our friends at GoPuff and people like Ronald, okay, they can basically unite and then sit down and talk to two or three unions. Okay, you got the Teamsters, okay, in Philadelphia, who are a different Teamster than people are accustomed to reading about. I've always been a big fan. I think that the days that the roads were safer, we had Teamster truck drivers, you know, running across the country. Okay, you have the food and commercial workers. Okay, Wendell Young has done a fabulous job during bad times, representing his people, during pandemics, representing his people. Okay, and, and I'll tell you, there's very few people who live it like he lives it. There's four or five other unions, including Local 98, who was only going to get involved if nobody else wanted to. And I discussed this with some of our organizers, and, and we have even actually went outside to a, a few of our friends during, during Reclaim, and uh, a few other of the ultra-social OK organizations who have been lobbying in bulk for a long period of time. And, I look, I don't really care. I just think that when you're a multi-billion dollar company, OK, and I, I get that they worked hard to get there, and I give them all the credit in the world. And I was blown away when they realized that the guys who own this company you know, went to Drexel and lived in Philly and started out working for other people we know. Okay, 
I mean, when you're you hit a grand slam, you got to bring everybody with you, and these guys are the face. You've heard Ronald say that. I mean, there's nothing good here. Sometimes when people are on the radio like us, you know, you would think they would reinstate the raise. Or you would say, you know, I always say that when I go into a company and start to organize them, people usually say, hey, what will it take to keep them away? These guys are so greedy that even though they know we're talking, and I know they know we're talking about them, because I've had people approach me and say to me, hey, what's the hot note with these guys? Okay, and I said there's none. Other than they don't keep their word, they do yes, things sir, at a lesser standard, and, yes, and these kids, so I believe, they're actually robbing. Right, you know? Yeah, no, I'm with you. Right. you. And you give them 12 bucks an hour, okay, and then you, and then you cut it back to 750 and then you tell them, oh, look, we're not even going to give you the food. During the winter and the summer, they don't give them the excess food, from my understanding. And I think Ronald told us that earlier. You know, in the summer, it could be hot. You know, and, and we had our good friend Lori Jones on from Phil Abundance. She said she'll take any extra. I don't know what part is. just takes whatever's not used and dismisses of it. I guess when you're a multi-billion dollar company, you can waste food, too. Let's bring, let's bring Ronald in. Ronald, I hope you were able to hear some of the comments uh, from John. Oh, yeah, give us, I, I, uh, I hear it. Uh, yeah, give us an update. Yeah. How, you know, where are we? What does working Washington mean? And, 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 and where are we in the process with you, your colleagues, and trying to get back to, uh, call it the Mendoza line at least for now, uh, while this process plays out? Well, uh, you, you know, we, we have these Zoom meetings. Uh, again, I'm not the organizer for Work in Washington. I'm a GoPuff driver who has joined to, to collaborate with what they've been doing already. Um, but, yeah, yeah, just to give you an example of that, you know, I pointed that, that example about um, just a couple of weeks ago, for example, we had, it was 98 degrees, you know, the drivers, we wait either in a queue in the parking lot um, at our facility, but at other places they're literally just lined up along the street and they get their bags and they go. So we don't really get out of the car unless we have to use the bathroom um, and, and it's most places. And in our place, we go in to get our bags and come back and then do the deliveries. Now, if, you're, if you don't keep your car on, you're going to sweat to death in the car, Right. Uh, so most of us either have our air conditioning on or whatever, but to see them take ice cream, like if they have excess ice cream and no place to put it or whatever, they'll literally throw it in the dumpster. You know, it's like, are, are you serious? And like not even offer any drivers a pint before you throw out all the rest of them or, you know, anything that's excess. And it's like, we couldn't even go in those dumpsters because they'd be considered stealing. Tell me how that makes sense. <laughs> well, that's called the gig economy for some of these guys. They think that the gig stands for we'll do whatever we want to because we're going to hide behind modernization in a new world. Okay. So, so I mean, I, I'll give you an example with that particular thing like that. What, what I describe to them is like when us drivers watch you do stuff like that, we see the waste that that happens. Like I've worked in different places if I had to throw away thousands of dollars worth of revenue potential, I'd be nervous. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm so, I wouldn't sleep at night. So I was like, when we watch you guys do stuff like that, we question what the judgment is that allows you to do that. 
And then now you're going to use that same judgment to cut my salary and make me use my resources more at my expense? Why does that make sense? Because it's a That's number why we think we need a union. That's it's why we need a union. Because no driver sees that and goes, this is good for me too. Watch you waste your stuff, and now you want to waste mine on top of it. You know, so, it's funny. You know, at this point, you get, go ahead, John. Go ahead, John. Think people, you know, that they're, they're, your, they're your people that are screaming at the top of their lungs that they, you know, they want national health care. They want all these issues. Why? Because they don't feel like giving you health care. You know, look, that's why I always tell people, you know, I have a foot in the future, but I also got two in the past. You know, and I mean, there's, there's something to be said with having, you know, health care, a good wage, and good working conditions. You know, that's why people stayed working for companies for 40 years. You know, it's, now it's transient. You know, it's how much money can I make? And then eventually I'll sell the company. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, when, when they're, they're off uh, some island in Spain, you know, and they retire there, they don't care what they do for you now. So let's just, let's, let's just get together. You know, you've got a lot of talented union leaders in this town. There's a ton of people, and I told you, no pride in authorship. You got food and commercial workers, teamsters, whoever the heck you guys want. You know, I can always make the contacts. You can always set up the arrangements, and you understand that the you know these people are obviously going to get you're going to get some big non-union you know five thousand dollar an hour law firm. Okay, fight you, but at the end of the day, you know elections have consequences, and the most recent election said that working people you know have a, have a word in in the way things should be run these days. So, you know, yeah. I think it's perfect timing for you. I think you got a great story to tell, and nobody tells it better than you, Ronald. Well, thank you. I, I, listen, this is a collection of plenty of people who come and vent with me. <laughs> so it's just that yeah. I can kind of articulate it without cursing the way they curse at me about what they're frustrated about. <laughs> well, Ronald, as yeah, we hey, listen. Yeah, yeah, Ronald, John. i got 50,000 people at the building trades. I do the same thing you do. You know, I listen to them every day the pros and cons. At the end of the day, somebody has to speak. And you do a nice job speaking. Don't stop talking. You're allowed to talk in today's world. Okay, and the louder you talk, the more that people will react. Tell that story. You'd be shocked. There's probably 300 people that will never dial Go Puff again because of this radio show. They can't afford for you to continue to talk. And it's not that you don't want them to do well. You just want to do well with them. Exactly. Ronald Moody here on the John Doherty Hour, uh, kicking us off here on a Saturday night. Ronald, thanks so much for the candid conversation here on the John Doherty Hour. Uh, As we say goodbye to you on a Saturday night, um, please know, as John mentioned, uh, the power behind the platform and the power behind the unions that just consumed your message um, here tonight. It's there. The resource is there. And on behalf of all the workers, get them unionized, will you? Um, you, you? You will do a great service to all of your colleagues. We appreciate Ronald Mooney, check, Ronald Moody uh, joining us here uh, on the John Doherty Hour. After the break, I'll tell you about the Pay Up campaign. We'll say goodbye to Ronald. We'll move along with the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, leading you right up into Penn State football. Back in a moment. 
Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And a lot going on here on a Saturday night on the John Doherty Hour. We finished up our conversation, John, in the opening half hour uh, with Ronald Moody, um, which put me in, a, in an irritated position because I just, I just so believe that every worker in America should be, rep- should be represented by a union, and I just get so irritated uh, when I hear that. So that was how we opened up the John Doherty Hour. We were missing J-Doc in our first uh, half hour. I had him out on assignment. He returned from the Prep LaSalle game and and (laughs) bounced into the studio here. So J-Doc is with us uh, for the uh, second half hour uh, of the show. And we've got a lot of ground to cover in a little bit of time, John, but I'll come to you first, and then I'll go rapid fire or at least uh, cover a couple things I want to cover with you before we get out of here at the top of the hour. Yeah, I'll tell you what. It is a uh, uh, I can't believe that that GoPuff scenario deep down inside is as bad as any I've ever heard because they're making boatloads of money. I don't say they're bad people. I just say their their practices are bad. Okay, I get that you made a lot of money quick. I mean, you became very successful and you're invested in all these other pieces of business, but they're investing in things that are making them money. And they should invest in the people who work for them. And it doesn't, you know, I've I've had people who have talked to Ronald. I have people that know Ronald. They said the same thing. You know, he's 50-some years old. He's an articulate spokesman, a Boy Scout leader. I mean, he's been with them. It was okay. He was hustling. He was making some money. Then they cut them back. You heard what he said. They cut five, eight hundred bucks a week out of them. It's just ridiculous. You know, I mean, I, I don't understand it. I don't rationalize it. I, don't, I have no idea. You know, with that being said, I just, you know, I guess for the, everyone knows that, you know, I'll be entering into the legal arena next week. It's been, you know, something that everyone knows has been coming. It, you know, it's been a long time coming. I am not upset about it. I am upset that I will not be on the radio. You know, I owe that out of respect to the process, the judge, the jury, and all the other people that will be involved. You know, but I just, you know, this will be the last show for a while till we finish that up. That could be a couple months. I'm looking forward to having a successful outcome. I am looking forward to it. You know, I never wanted it to take this long. You know, and again, you know, I, I, there's very few things in life Okay, that uh, that you want to go through that. And and this is one of them. Okay, nobody wants to be in this position. Not happy about it. You know, but now we're here in Hong Kong to get it on. And I just want to get it on. And but I just want to also before, you know, we say anything, I just want to let the listeners think about just the last few weeks of who we had. You know, you had Lori Jones on and Phil Abundance has a a close place in my heart because I just don't understand with all the big places we have in town, why any should anybody should be hungry. You know, there should all the excess food we have, you know, and, and I was so, you know, and I told Lori everywhere I go, I talk about full abundance and anything they need to fill up your building trades to participate. We will. Last week was pretty good. I mean, when we had David Woods, you know, and I was joking with him, 
because of all the, the things that he's involved in, primarily the contracts, you know, with uh, Nabisco. And I joke with him about the Oreos, and now he said he has problems with Kellogg's. And I said, look, you took my cookies away. You can't take my cereal away, you know. But, you know, we're, we're, we're loyal to the movement. We're loyal to the people that are, you know, are part of our organization, people who want to make people live better, want to create benefits, want to put them into a middle class. You know, we've had a ton of political people. You know, you had John Street, you had Mayor Kenny was really good. He was early. You know, uh, you had uh, uh, Brendan Boyle was on a couple times. You have, a, you know, Steve Sanazero, when he was on, he was good. But we had a couple other people that were interesting. And without this show, I don't believe they would have got the ability to communicate with our, with our listeners, with our families, with our friends. And that's Jamila Tucker Romero, you know, from Art, Aut, uh, Autism REC. It's a Philly nonprofit. And we did that little autism event down the shore. And I think the check she's going to get right out of the box is 20 grand. But the relationship will be residual. And what she offered to just Joe Average, poor neighborhood families, you know, that stumble across the fact that they have an autistic child and then don't really realize that it's going to affect every aspect of their life until it does. She is unbelievable. You know, and I like, you know, and, and I really like when we had that Cheryl Bettigold one. She was the acting health commissioner. And when she laid them statistics out and talked about just some of the common sense things as it pertained to getting vaccinated, I know it, it, there were things there, and I talk about it because every day it's part of the Philadelphia building trades. Every day an end user or an owner mandates vaccinations. You know, and then some of the things she told us that, like, you know, there's really been nothing on any vaccine of any fatality or serious reaction after a couple months in the histories of vaccinations. I mean, I thought she was really good. And then, of course, you know, we had the bittersweet, my dear friend, Richie Trump. Yeah, it still makes my stomach rumble every time I think about it. We had him on that night. He was so pumped up. You know, he was talking about his relationship, you know, inside this government, inside this president. He was talking about, you know, how the labor movement has to be political. He was complimenting us for, you know, making sure that we, we keep our members involved because without it, people just steamroll us, you know. And then after off the record, exchanging texting on a phone call, he was looking forward to vacation with his family and his grandson, and then he suddenly passes away. You know, terrible. You know, uh, Jack Stolmeister was another guy. You know, I mean, Stolsteimer, he's, uh, he is doing an unbelievable job as the district attorney in Delaware County. Okay. And then, you know, we talk to Buddy Osborne every day, you know, every hour, the man is just something special. The job that he has is, is something unbelievable. And he goes at it every day, you know? So, you know, we just, if you think about, and that's just the last few weeks, there's some of the people we've brought to the labor community. We brought them to the people who are working to stay middle class. You know, and, and it's just been an honor. And, uh, of course, with you, Krause, and, and, and Jay Doc, and you guys know we'll be back. You know, I, you know, just taking a little a little break here, like I said, out of respect to the process and the judge. But um, I'm open for any questions. you got a couple of minutes. You know, I think, I think that, you know, uh, we need a little reboot in Philly sports. You know, you know, we, you know, there's something wrong. This was a year that the Phillies, you know, could have did a few things. That, you know, actually, nobody expected Aaron Nola to come up short. You know, if anything, you picked up a starter in Roger Suarez. 
you got, uh, you know, you got to go get a center fielder. You got to decide if you're going to commit the, you know, uh, Hodgkins on first base for that long a period of time. I mean, there's a, there's a million things you got to decide there. The, the Ben Simmons debacle, you know, uh, yeah, save that for the end of the show. Will you, brother? (laughs) Look, that's, that's just a flat out disgrace. You know, I mean, and again, you know how I feel. You know, I've always, when people say, who do you like? I like Embiid over, over Ben Simmons because, you know, I told you my dad, thank God, my dad's still alive, good basketball player, legendary for, for some years in South Philly. My dad used to tell me from day number one, and you have my dad on the show, uh, but my dad would tell me, hey, listen, John, if you don't score 15 points in grade school and you don't score 15 points in high school, why do you think somebody's going to score 15 points in college? Ben Simmons was never a scorer. He was an athlete. You know, we're talking about, you know, like he's going to be LeBron James. He's not ever going to be LeBron James. Okay? So John, John, let let me jump in there for a second because it's interesting, you know, when we talk about Ben Simmons, um, you know, it just seems like um, we have a history in the city of Philadelphia of certain athletes that – you know, just, you know, exude the city, Brian Dawkins, uh, you know, you know, individuals like, um, you know, that who could, he'll never, ever walk into a bar in the city of Philadelphia and buy a, a drink. Yet you look mm-hmm. at the history, Ben Simmons, now Carson Wentz, um, you, you know, even Eric Lindros towards the end. Um, we There is a history of some athletes that started off here and in some ways just folded under not just the pressure, but you know, the, the, the you know, the, the you know, all you know, they they take the. Let me tell you something about Philadelphia fans. You know, Ben Simmons right now. You know, one thing he doesn't realize is this, and and Carson Wentz the same thing. Had they not quit and left this city, one play turns it all around for us. One big play, one win, and our memory is short. So yeah, it, 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 what's going on now with Joe, Ben Simmons is Joe, crazy. They don't listen. They don't have – listen, in, in Carson Wentz's case, I actually believe that, you know, he believes, okay, sports isn't his top priority. I told you before, you know, I had electricians that were at the, uh, the art museum. They got on the bus, you know, with some of the families of, of Nick Foles and Carson Wentz and, and some of their wives. And these are some legitimate guys close to both, all of us. And they were talking about what a great year it was. They were talking about winning the Super Bowl. In the same breath with winning the Super Bowl, some of the women said, and we baptized 15 players this year. Right. In the bus coming back from the Super Bowl parade. So that's not, you know, you know some, you know, off the wall. That is a way of life. Religion plays a way of life. Listen, it doesn't surprise me a bit that Carson Wentz isn't vaccinated doesn't surprise me a bit, okay, that, that, you know, he says, hey, I might play just this contract. He's still a young man. You know, you got Frank Gore that wants to play 20 more years. You got Tom Brady wants to play 20 more moves. This is what they do, man. They go out. It's the order to kill. It's the win. You know, it's not that way. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Carson Wentz doesn't finish the year as a quarterback and is done this year. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. Same John. thing with Ben Simmons. 
John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We're going to blow off the final commercial break and take every take the show right up to uh, the top of the hour. John, I do want to uh, ask you, and you don't have to answer the question if you don't want to, but you know, I sit here uh, on the doorstep of your process getting underway. I sit here, as you know, in awe of who John Doherty is and uh, and what you've done for so many people. Uh, in this region and also outside of this region, you know, and I wonder and I hope uh, that uh, you find yourself getting the right process, a fair process, a fair judge. I read an article earlier in the week, I think it was in Forbes magazine, I said uh, online, uh, about federal judges um, uh, hearing cases despite conflicts of interest. I hope that doesn't factor in to your process. I hope your process is real and legitimate so we can get back to doing business when it's all over. Well, we will do business. I'm very confident and comfortable that we will do business. We will be back on the radio. You know, this, and I, I want to I clear something up. That article that you said had no reference to anybody involved with the judges or anybody involved with me. Okay? But there is some little, you know, correlation. But the, the Wall Street Journal did an in-depth article, and it only picked 130-some people, okay, that had, that had, you know, made decisions, okay, that could have affected their own livelihood. And now the people are up in rage about it. You don't see people quitting. You don't see people getting indicted. You see people apologizing and said, oh, it was an error in judgment. Or I didn't realize it at the time. Okay? And that comes with, okay, the, the positions as well as the large companies. I've always said, you, you know how many times I've said things like the easiest way not to forget where you came from is to never leave. About a hundred times. I've also, said, I've also said that, you know, I really didn't want to be in the political process, but I had it. You know, as an electrician years ago, the carpenters cleaned our clock. There was a vote on electrical partitions. You know, it was up in the air between all the laws and all the codes and all the standards were on our side, but the politics weren't. And the carpenter beat the electrician 16-0, and they made that all these partitions that, ha- that are electrified became the work of the furniture company versus the electrical contractor. Then I realized that, whoa, politics oversteps safety, oversteps everything. So you had to be involved. I wish I never had to be involved in politics. And the other thing I always say is I just want the working people to have the same tools as the rich people and the corporations. And I've told you, there's a... A lot of reasons. You know, we'll try to be played out that, you know, I'm, I'm a powerful guy who took care of my people. Well, wait do you hear, and I'll stay away from the trial. Wait do you, I want people to pay attention. I want people to see where Local 98 came from and where we stand today. You know, I have to tell you, seriously, when we start to see these numbers and what we turned this in, that if I'm a crook, I'm a terrible crook, by the way. Okay, I'm a terrible crook. So, that, that I'm not, but the one thing that I would like that didn't really happen, which you kind of touched on, and I've mentioned it early on, and the world started to shake when I said it. I made mention that the U.S. attorney, not a U.S. attorney, the U.S. attorney, 
only a few days after I was wrestling with Comcast over continuing a contract at NBC, which was very contentious, okay, and I had some guys there that were some of the best union workers I've ever seen. And I say union workers because they were great company guys, but also great union guys. There's a kid by the name of Kenny Agatone could tell the story better than I can. Okay. And then we were also in the renewal process, which I did nothing different than I did 15 years earlier when I first helped make a lot of people millionaires. And I don't care. See, I'm not like the GoPuff guys. Okay. I do pretty well because of the union movement. I want my contractors and owners to do great. I just want my guys to do well. And I've been able to do that. But in the case of not a U.S. attorney, but the U.S. attorney that was responsible for the startup, okay, or at least it looks like that, at the same exact time frame, when I was wrestling with Comcast, starting up this interest in myself, the one thing that... He not only had a conflict, he had a wife who was lead counsel of Comcast. And it was never divulged until we asked. And then it said it was firewalled, and I have proof it wasn't firewalled. I have signatures after the date. I got all kinds of stuff. So I can't wait to get my forum. I'm not saying anything's wrong, you know? I'm not, you know, like for 26, 27, 28 years, okay, I took my beating like a man. I am just so happy that I now have an opportunity to speak about things like that. Because you don't think the Wall Street Journal is interested? If they were interested in 135 or 36 judges voting on something they had an interest in, can you imagine if a U.S. attorney okay, started a process when his retirement was at stake and never laid out it? Now, listen, there's a lot of big companies don't like me. One of our bigger developers and owner, we've been discussing a couple of things. He said, every time we talk to you on a big deal, it costs us $40 million. Think about that. You know, I'm a kid that hasn't went anywhere other than high school, and a good high school, St. Joe Prep. Okay, I had two parents who I loved, who loved me, who my father never made $40,000. My mother worked three jobs to send me to the prep. Okay, I lived in a two-bedroom row home where 11 aunts and uncles got off the boat, okay, and all lived there at the same time. And I always tell people, my mom was poor than anybody you know. Okay? So my goal has always been stand up for us so that we didn't get blown away. So I guess if I've been standing up too good, it was time to blow me away. So let's go see. Let's, I can't wait to, to, to enter into the process, pay attention, pay attention to everything, you know, and uh, when we get here, I think it's going to be really interesting. And I want you to take a look at how successful we have become, okay, because we are at the table, okay? Elections have consequences, and you have to participate, okay? And you guys know, you know, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. So I can't thank everybody. Love being part of this show. You know, look forward to it. Amazed at how many people listen to it. Okay, and we'll be back. But, you know, again, people say, no, you can stay. I can't stay on. You know, out of respect to the process and, you know, the judge. And listen, everybody, everybody in this process, 
on the other side isn't has there's been some guys they've been more fair. Okay? But there's still one or two people that are just you know, they think the rules are for everybody but themselves. Two minutes, J Doc, if you want to jump in here. Well I'd just say that you know, if 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 um this show has showed uh, the people around the Delaware Valley, who John Doherty is, who the labor movement is. There's this misnomer for some reason. Um, the stereotype, um, it, it, you know, is, is it always paints us as, as the bad guys, <clears throat> which is absolutely ridiculous. The goal, Krause, for this show from day one has been to, to educate the, the, the people around the Delaware Valley about who and what our labor leadership and our union members and our entire union community is. And John Doherty exudes that more than any other human being on the planet. John, we support you 150%. We thank you for everything that you've done for working people across the land and that you will continue to do. And we're proud, Krause and I are proud to be the mouthpiece here to provide this platform so the, the listeners get the opportunity to hear it from John Doherty himself. Anybody who listens to this show knows what we're about. So, John, we just want you to know we got your back 100%. Hey, listen, I appreciate that. And I, I told you, I'll be back. I'm looking forward to it. I can't, I, I can't tell you enough. But with that being said, we missed the Flyers and we missed the Eagles. So let's get to some serious stuff right now. And we have the 60 Flyers seconds to do it, brother. <laughs> Flyers are banged up early. Let's see the kid Frost become a star. How come everybody else has the first and second picks become Hall of Fame guys and we don't? Let's hope this kid Frost goes out and scores 40 goals this year. Uh, there's a couple other Farabee, a couple of them guys. Joe, help me out with the Eagles. Tell me, tell me we're in this game of our. Dude, your good buddy, your 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 good buddy Andy Reid's coming into town tomorrow, and even though he will get his hundredth win as a Kansas City uh, head coach tomorrow, uh, I am I just want this team to compete tomorrow against Andy and the Chiefs. (laughs) That's I can't have the prep and the Eagles lose on the same weekend. You know, I hear Uh you. That's going to do it for this edition of the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, One last shot from John Doherty was our uh, sleeping bag invitation, Jay Doc, which has now turned into um, uh, I'm approaching a thousand bags. Uh, already, which is incredible. 20 seconds. Um, I mean, uh, I felt like I was answering the, the phones at the Jerry Lewis Teltham. Gary Messino from Cheap Metal Workers Local 19 uh, that, uh, donated 75. Steve Pettit, Insulators Local 14. George Pegram, Plumbers, Sprinkler Fitters, Kevin Boyle, the whole deal. And we keep going, and that's going to do it for this edition of the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. On behalf of J Doc, on behalf of Frank Keel. On behalf of all of the listeners that tune into the John Doherty Hour, and on behalf of John Doherty, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.